Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Here today with you taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life. We would love to talk with you and hear from you. We'd love to pray for you, hopefully answer some of your questions. And so give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. We want to welcome those of you who are tuning in here on the Front Range of Colorado and into Southern Wyoming. We're so glad that you're tuning in. You're hearing this show live. And uh, you're hearing it on Grace FM. We also want to welcome those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. So great to be broadcasting in that area and be able to connect with you as well. And we are also syndicated on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So welcome to the program if you're listening on Truth FM. We want to remind you that those of you listening on the East Coast and in the area around Tennessee, you are hearing the program on a one-week delay, but we would love for you to call in, and then you get the unique opportunity. You get to tune in a week later and listen to yourself on the radio, or you get to tell your friends about it and all that good stuff. So we also want to welcome those of you who listen online, uh, either via the mobile app, the Grace FM mobile app, or the website, gracefm.com. So if you... Uh, are sitting at a computer or some device, you can always go into the browser and just type in gracefm.com and it'll bring up in your browser. You'll be able to listen right there live to this program and all of the other great programs here on Grace FM. And we also encourage you to go and get that mobile app. So just go into your app store for whatever you know mobile phone or tablet you use and you can just type in Grace FM. Android and Apple apps are available and you can just download those onto your device and you can listen wherever you are not only in the United States, but even anywhere around the world. And we know that there are actually a lot of people who listen via the mobile app and um, via the website to this program live every week. And so for those of you who are listening over the Internet, we're so glad to have you tuning in. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Once again, this is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. If something's come up in your Bible reading that you're unsure about, we'd love to help you uh, hopefully answer those questions. And if there's anything going on in your life that you'd like to talk about, we'd love to talk with you and pray for you. Just a little bit about myself while we wait for those lines to fill up. I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Our church meets in downtown Longmont. For those of you familiar with Longmont, we are just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue, right downtown. So we're right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. So Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street. Uh, just one block west of Main Street, and we're right on the corner of Roosevelt Park. 
And we would love to have you join us for Worship in the Word. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. The address is 700 Longs Peak Avenue. And we gather for worship in the Word. We have a great worship ministry, great kids ministry for um, all ages up through high school on Sunday mornings. And we would love to have you uh, join us and be part of what God's doing at Whitefields. I've been the pastor there now for seven years. And uh, I will say, you know, really over the last uh, couple of years, it's been it's been an exciting time. God's been doing some really great things, and we'd love for you to come and be a part of that. If you don't live in the area or in any of the surrounding communities, but you know somebody who does, definitely send them our way. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. So it's whitefieldschurch.com. And there on that website, you can listen to some of our past messages. We're currently in the middle of a series right now, which is getting a ton of traffic online because uh, I, th- I think it's also just a, a really great, interesting series. I've enjoyed studying for it and preparing for it and all those things. I'll talk about that in a minute when we have a lull in the calls. But you can also hear me every weekday here on Grace FM, 2.30 p.m. I'm on here. Uh, there's a show called Life in the Field, which is our, our sermons cut for radio. So that's 2.30 p.m. every weekday and also Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. If for some reason you're not able to be in church, you can tune in to Grace FM and hear our sermons at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. Let's go to our first caller, Russell in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Russell. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Doing great. What's up? Um, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Tell me what's going on. What can I help you with? Um, well, I'm calling because um, I've been married my wife for nine years now and we have six children over over that time span and um my wife now after her last child has gone into a postpartum depression and she recently tried to commit suicide as well and and we've had our issues throughout our marriage you know typical but now she's gone completely unhinged i found out that she had been uh, talking to people on a dating website right before the suicide attempt, and now uh, she's doing it right out in the open. Last uh, last night, she gave me sleeping pills and wait until I fell asleep, and then left and cheated on me, and then came back in the early morning, and is continuing to talk to these people and talk about what she's doing with them, and out out in the open, and she's doing it just ferociously and trying to hurt me and destroy me. And I'm just, I don't know what to do at this point. I'm sorry, Russell. That's really hard. Uh, is she open to counseling? Is she open to intervention? She She's not. She's she's just shut me out completely. Because our, our marriage is done, there's no way I would get her to go to a counselor. She wants me to sign divorce papers. And, you know, I think biblically I definitely have cause a divorce because I don't think she is even close to being a true believer, but and there's been infidelity, but I don't want that to happen because I have my six kids and I want my family to be together, and I love my wife with all of my heart, but she's just, she's a completely different person. It's like something switched, and she's just someone else now. Wow. Well, Russell, I don't know. You know, the thing is that you can do everything right, you know, but if she's going to choose to leave you, then she's going to choose to leave you. I mean, for, Paul says that to the Corinthians in First Corinthians 7. He says, you know, if you have an unbelieving spouse and they want to leave you, 
uh, you know, you can't force them to stay. And, um, you know, I think in that case, you, you would want to look into what can be done with custody. If she's set on leaving you, I think the other thing you can tell her is that you're willing to fight for your marriage and you're willing to forgive and you're willing to seek restoration if that's something she's open to. But it does take two. Yeah. Maybe if, maybe if I tell her that I am open to forgiveness, and maybe that will change something. Yeah, I think that you can find that out pretty quickly. Find out if she is open to that. You know, um, I'm really sorry to hear that, Russell. And I think, you know, I hear your heart that you're not just looking for an easy way out of this marriage. You're looking to make this work. And, um, you know, I know that God knows that, too, and about you. And I think he honors that. How are the kids yeah. doing? What's that? How are the kids doing? The kids are good. I mean, what I've been saying to myself the whole time, ever since I became a Christian, everything is being destroyed. And I just feel like my life is, if I'm one of God's children, why why do I have to go through so much torture? Yeah, that's a really good question. It's a really good question. It's actually the question that I'm dealing with this Sunday at my church. You know, we're we're uh, going through a series, and right now the next question is, you know, we're we're the title of the sermon is, you know, I could never believe in a God who allows bad things to happen to good people. And one of the questions about that is, um, why does God allow suffering in the lives of believers? Why does He allow suffering in the lives of anybody? And and I think I've got some really good answers to that. I don't know how emotionally satisfying they'll be for you in the mor moment, but I can. I would like to tell you one or two things that I, I hope can maybe shed some light on this. And, and I, my goal is that this information would actually help you draw closer to God. So okay. There, there's two common responses that people have when they experience suffering. And uh, you could call the one is moralism. And the other one is cynicism. Let me explain what I mean by moralism. Moralism says that there's a cause and effect. If you do all the right things, then you will avoid bad things happening to you. If bad things happen to you, on the other hand, that means that you must have done something wrong. Right? This is when you meet people who say, oh, something you know, bad is happening to you, like, like what's currently happening to you, Russell. And they say, well, there must be some kind of secret sin in your life that you're not dealing with because... If you were doing everything right, then God would definitely be protecting you and not letting these kinds of things happen to you. Now, I got to say, that is a very common response. That's a very way that people think, but it is not a biblical response at all. In fact, the book of Job shows us exactly that, that Job was a righteous person, and the things that happened to him didn't happen as a, as a form of like punishment, cause and effect. It wasn't that Job did something bad and God uh, struck him with these things. Job was doing everything right, and God still allowed these things to happen to him. The, the other response is called cynicism, which means that, oh, you know, uh, suffering's random. God doesn't really care. He doesn't, he, he, maybe he can't even stop it from happening, and it's that, that idea that says, hey, life is random, suffering's random, there's no rhyme or reason to why things happen. And, and Christianity gives us a very, and the Bible gives us a very different answer to that. It's neither moralism nor cynicism, but it points us to a God who loves us and wants what's best for us. And here's, here's something I would tell you. I'm going to give you a couple things that God does in the life of a believer through suffering and only through suffering. 
And, and so let me uh, walk you through a couple yeah. of these. And But first, I have to ask you this question. Russell, you really yeah. need to ask the question, what is the purpose of my life? What is the purpose of my life? Because here's okay. here's the thing. For a lot of people, they may not say it out loud, but they believe that the purpose of their life, their goal in life, is to have a comfortable life and, and not suffer too much. Yeah. If, on the other hand, there's a bigger purpose for your life, if the purpose of your life is actually to know God and be in relationship with God and beyond that to be used by God in the world, then the Bible would say that God actually uses suffering for that for those purposes. So suffering, if the goal of your life is to have a comfortable life, then suffering is an intrusion. It is unwelcome. It is something which has no purpose and value. But if on the other hand, the purpose of our life is to know God and be used by God, then suffering actually has immense value. I'll just walk you through a couple of things real quick. Okay. God uses suffering to help advance the gospel. Paul, Paul says that in Philippians 1. He says, the things that have happened to me, my suffering has served to advance the gospel. Number two, God uses suffering to draw people to himself. Think about the prodigal son. He comes back to the father because he experiences suffering. Um, here, here's an interesting one. Psalm 119 says this. Before I was afflicted, I used to go astray, but now I keep your word. It was good for me that I was afflicted. In your faithfulness, you afflicted me. Isn't that interesting? So yeah. the, next, the next thing, it says um, God uses suffering to produce humility in us. Paul says God allowed this to happen to me so that I wouldn't get uh, prideful. Another one is God allows suffering to build perseverance and hope in our lives. God allows suffering to help develop compassion and kindness and sympathy in us. And suffering is also used to bring glory to God. You remember Jesus saw this man who was blind and the people, the disciples he was with, they asked, you know, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said it wasn't this man's sin nor his parents' sin that caused him to be born blind. He was born blind so that God would be glorified through him. And so I just want to point out those things to you, and I want you to know that God does have a purpose in your suffering. You may not know yet what it is, but I'm, I guarantee if you draw near to God in the midst of this suffering, he will use even these tragic things that are happening to you, he will use them uh, not only for his glory, but for your good and for the good of your kids. And I, I'm going to pray for you that God would strengthen you through this, but I'm also going to pray for your kids that... Uh, that they would see how you respond to this and that it, it would it would build faith in them. And also, you know, I, I think kids are pretty astute. I, I've been around a lot of kids where, let's say, one parent kind of goes away from the Lord. Kids are able to pick out, okay, look, dad's walking with the Lord, taking us to church, trusting in God, and, and mom is running around doing all kinds of stuff that, you know, she wouldn't want even us doing. So uh, let's pray for your kids and let's pray for you. Okay. All right, Lord, we thank you for Russell. I thank you for his heart, for his marriage. I thank you that he's a believer and he walks with you. I thank you that his life has a bigger purpose than just his own uh, comfort. I thank you, Lord, that his life has the purpose of knowing you and being used by you in the world. And we see in your word that you use suffering for those things. Lord, I pray that you'd give him strength to put one foot in front of the other every single day and to keep going and keep trusting you, even when it's hard, even when he doesn't know why uh, and what's going to come as a result of this. Lord, I pray that he would also be a good example for his kids and that they would see his response uh, to 
the bad things that are happening and that he would um, respond in faith and that the kids would see that and that they would be encouraged and they would be taught and instructed through it. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen their faith as well, that they would walk with you. And um, Lord, we pray for Russell's wife. We pray that, Lord, she would come out of this, whatever it, it is causing this, Lord, that she would repent of this and come back, that they would be able to be restored and get counseling and help and that you would do something redemptive out of this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That does open up some very good insights and will help me deal with that better. Awesome. I hope so, Russell. You said. All right. God bless you. You okay, too. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. The number to call, 303-690-3000. or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Dana in Cheyenne, Washington, or Cheyenne, Wyoming. What am I thinking? Cheyenne, Wyoming. Hi, Dana. Welcome <laughs> to the program. Oh, it could be anywhere. What, you know, who knows? Uh, yeah. Hello. Yeah. So um, my husband, well, my husband and I were both believers, and um, he's going in for some biopsies tomorrow, and we're just praying that, um, you know, there's just something else going on and that it's not cancer. Yeah. And if it is cancer, that we will just trust in God, um, no matter how tough that is um, during something like this, but um, we're really, hope, my hope is that um, my husband will stay calm and that I can stay calm and not get all wound up and get him more worried, because <laughs> yeah. I'm going crazy right now, because uh, um, I'm not great at handing it over to God, so that would be a very best too. So I want a clean biopsy and me to be able to just say, God, take it. Okay, let's pray for you. Yeah, Father, thank we, you. We pray for Dana. We pray for her husband. Lord, with this biopsy taking place tomorrow, Lord, we ask that you would, um, you would bless them, Lord, that there would be no cancer that would come back clean. And we pray that, uh, Lord, you would give them the faith to walk through this. No matter what the biopsy comes back as, Lord, we pray that you give them the faith and the strength to walk through this. Lord, that this yeah. would truly be something through which they are drawn closer to you, no matter what the results. Lord, we pray that this all would turn out for the glory of your name and the furtherance of your uh, mission. And so, Lord, I pray for Dana, Lord, you'd help her to trust in you. And we know that there can be a supernatural gift of faith. Lord, I pray that you would give her that gift of faith. And I pray you'd help her to trust in you. Um, and I thank you that she realizes the need for that. I thank you uh, for her husband and her seeking you together. Lord, I pray that in this time, Lord, you draw the two of them really close together. But, Lord, we do ask that this would be a clean biopsy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Have a, have a blessed day. You too. Thank you bye so bye. much. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got all open lines right now. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand. Give us a call. You can we can get you right on the air. The text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, the text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. While we're waiting for those calls and texts to come in, let me just tell you. I was mentioned earlier that I was going to tell you about this series that we're doing at our church. Uh, we just finished one of our uh, recent. 
uh, our, I think it was our fifth one this past Sunday in this series. We're taking, originally we were going to take seven weeks. Now we're going to move that to eight weeks because we're going to add one um, on the topic of sexuality. So the series is called, I Could Never Believe in a God Who. And what we did is we took a poll several months ago, and some of you on Grace FM, we announced it online, and some of you took that poll and shared it with friends. And we asked people, you know, how would you finish this sentence? I could never believe in a God who. And so we, you know, we gave some options, and we also left a blank thing that people could fill out. And we asked people to just answer that question for us. What are the biggest hurdles to people really fully embracing Christianity? And what we found was also interesting is that um, we put something in the poll that said, you know, you could tick a box. Are you a Christian or are you not a Christian? Are you unsure? And it was interesting that people who are Christians clearly struggle with many questions when it comes to faith, um, as do people who are not Christians. There are reasons why they've chosen not to believe. And so what we found through this poll is that, hey, you know, here are the things that Christians struggle with a lot. Here are the things that people who are not Christians say, this is the thing that keeps me from really believing in Christianity. And we took those answers and we put them together in a series. And so each week for now eight weeks, we're going through these answers and we are addressing them one by one. And I was joking with uh, other people on our staff here at church that, man, it's like we're, we're dealing with the topics that people really don't like to talk about, right? These are like the really sensitive issues. And we're just like, hey, let's talk about them every week, right? Like, so this past Sunday, we talked about hell. We said, you know, we, we responded to the statement, I could never believe in a God who sends people to hell. And uh, to do that, we looked at Matthew chapter 22, which I'll walk you through here in a minute after some of our callers. Uh, but it was, it was a, you know, a sobering time. I, I've heard it said we should never talk about hell without a tear in our eyes and a tremble in our voice. And I think that's absolutely true. I think that that's why Jesus talks so much about hell. You know, Jesus talked more about hell than anyone else in the Bible. 13% of all of Jesus' teaching was on the topic of hell. Half of his parables were about hell. And why? Because he cared. And he didn't just talk about it, but he did something about it so that we could be saved. And he did it because he loves us. So uh, that was on hell. And, and I'll walk you through that parable if we have some free time during the show. But um, this coming Sunday is Father's Day unless you're hearing this uh, show on a one-week delay. But this coming Sunday is going to be Father's Day here in Colorado. And uh, I would uh, love for you to join us. If you are in the Longmont area or any of the surrounding communities, if you're within driving distance, we would love to have you join us at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. This Sunday, our topic is, I could never believe in a God who allows bad things to happen to good people. And in our poll, and in similar polls, this was the number one response that we got was this is the number one thing that keeps people from uh, faith or from truly. Uh, this is a thing that people really struggle with, even if they are believers or the thing that they say, this is what keeps me from really putting down my yes and becoming a believer is that I can't believe in a God who would allow bad things to happen to good people. And it's very similar. You know, we had Russell calling in earlier with a similar question. And um, this tends to be a very common thing that we we discuss with people here on the air because it's it's a very personal thing it's a very uh disturbing thing if god is all loving and god is all powerful then why does god allow bad things to happen to people if he could stop them why doesn't he so we'll be addressing that and that's going to be this uh coming sunday which is father's day 
And if you come to church on Sunday and, you know, bring your dad or if you're a dad, bring your kids. And for all the men, uh, we're going to be doing root beer floats. And we'll probably have some left over for the ladies, too. So root beer floats this coming Sunday at Whitefields Community Church in Longmont. Check us out online for directions, whitefieldschurch.com. Let's go to our next caller, Jackie in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Jackie. Welcome to the program. Hi. What's up? Um, so I was calling because I have been looking for employment. And I've had interviews, and I've had, um, you know, I've applied, but nothing is coming my way. And I just needed to know, like, how do I pray to ask God what's my purpose and how can I serve Him through my work, because it's human services. And I just wanted to know how I can pray to, to get my prayers answered. Yeah, so I think, first of all, um, you know, praying to be able to do your job for God's glory, I don't know if there's much more to add to that. I think that's a great prayer. I'll give you some insight on, you know, how your job specifically maybe can be used for God's glory and things like that. But I think that's a great prayer for you to pray. And I don't know if there's a wrong way to pray that. How to pray to get your prayers answered? Well, you know, we want to make sure that we're not looking to God as a vending machine, right? That mm-hmm. we put in our right. prayers and we get back from him what we want, right? I mean, in one sense, we want to do that. But in another sense, we want to come to God with open hands and say, God, I'm coming to you. I'm seeking your will for my life. And um, maybe it's this thing I'm asking for, or maybe it's something else. But God, my desire is to know you and be used by you and not just get the things I want. You know, one of the things I often challenge our church with, I often ask them, uh, the things that you do for God, do you worship God? Because he, and, you know, you can insert whatever you want in there. Do you pray? Do you worship? Do you study the Bible? Do you go to church, etc.? Do you do those things because you find God useful to you? Or do you do those things because you find God beautiful to you? Because right. those are two very different motivations. And yeah. here's the other thing. If, if you seek God because you find him useful, then what happens is that what, what about when he's no longer useful to you? Of course, he's always, right? But in another sense, like if he doesn't give you the things that you're looking for, then you can say, well, what use is he to me? He's not giving me what I want. And so the other idea is to say, what if I seek God because he's beautiful and he gives me what he wants uh, for my life? And yeah. I, But at the same time, we present our requests. So all that to say, I think that no matter what job you're doing, you can do it to the glory of God. And Martin Luther had a ton to say about this. And I've written about this extensively on my blog. If you're interested, check it out and check out, uh, put in the search bar vocation on my website. It's called nickkady.org. So N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y.org. And so Martin Luther's whole idea was that vocation, the word vocation, we tend to think of it just as like your vocation is your job. Well, the word vocation literally comes from the Latin word for calling. And so if you were to ask the reformers like, hey, how do I know what my calling in life is? They would have thought, well, your calling in life is whatever your job is. Your calling is to do your job for the good of other people and for the glory of God. And I love this example that Martin Luther used. He said, "Um, every day we pray this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, you know, give us this day our daily bread. And he goes, think about all that goes into God providing daily bread for people. Right. So there's a there's a farmer who plants seeds and waters. You know, there's a farmer who brings in a harvest and then he sells that to uh, somebody who takes that and they grind it up. A miller who grinds it up, turns it into flour. Then a baker takes the flour and turns it into bread. And then somebody is a grocer who 
you know, delivers the bread and then you have your job where you make money and you buy the bread. All of these things go into give us this day our daily bread. And his point was that as the farmer does his work, as the grocer does his work, all of these people are being used by God to answer this prayer in the lives of people around the world every day. And so whatever your job is, you can do it for the glory of God and for the good of people. And the two great yeah. commandments are love your neighbor as yourself, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And we can fulfill those two commandments as we do our work, whether it's human resources, whether it's, you know, whatever your job is, uh, any job can be done uh, fulfilling those two commandments. And if you do that and seek to do that, you'll be doing God's work. Yes, that sounds so great. Thank you. Absolutely. Cool. God bless you, Jackie. God bless you, too. Thank you for the talk, Pastor. You bet. Bye-bye. You're listening to Grace FM. This is Calvary Live, and uh, we have come up on our mid-show break. So right now we're about to go to break. We go to for a two-minute break, um, and we'll be right back after this. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. We have all open lines, so we'll get you on right after the break. Or you can text us 720-336-0897. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is a program where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life, we would love to talk with you and pray for you and hopefully answer some of those questions you have. Give us a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Again, the text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to Leslie in Longmont, Colorado. Hi, Leslie. Welcome to the program. Hi, Nick. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah. I am going to the church, Whitefields, in Longmont. And awesome. You brought me there <laughs> via the radio. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. So, Sunday, I got a text from my oldest sister, and she said that her oldest daughter had tried to commit suicide Again, um, Nick, it's just a bad situation to where, I mean, it's been going on, started years ago with a bad marriage and then drugs, and then she got off of the drugs and into another marriage, and she's not happy. She had a baby, and she got sepsis, I think it is. And, oh, my gosh, the poor child is just, done with life because she's in pain. She has had to have surgeries all over her body from what has happened to her Mm. from the sepsis or whatever it is. I feel really dumb now. I don't even remember. Um, But they put her into an induced coma. She had had seizures 
Um, I would like prayer for all of us to know how to support them more. Um, You've given me great words so far to give to my sister, and the Bible and the Lord, of course, has been talking to me and giving me words to give to her, and I need to help her strengthen her spirit because she's she's lost as well. As a mother, she just is really scared and doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Wow, that that is scary. I was going to come see you Sunday, but um, we just ended up in other conversations, and sure, we ended up having to leave. Did you happen to hear what I said a little earlier in the show to Russell? I no, you know, I missed Russell. Just got back in the car, and then I heard the next woman, I believe. Sure. And yeah, then you so, went off to the break, so. Well, what's interesting, I'm, it's it's good to know that you come to Whitefields because this Sunday we'll be talking about a lot of the stuff that I talked about with Russell, which is some of the ways that God allows suffering and how we view our lives and how important right. that is for us. I heard that that's what we're going to be talking about. That's that's good. Yeah, and uh, and hopefully maybe you can catch the replay of this show as well. And uh, but but that'll be what the topic is. I think you know there is some really good stuff in there that your um, sister could probably benefit from. But it also sounds like. Your sister really, I'm, I'm glad you're there for her. She sounds like she needs um, people who just, you know, check in on her and pray for her and walk with her. Um, you know, sometimes it's not so much that people need um, a lot of answers theoretically as they need presence with them. They need the presence of God and they need the presence of other people who love them and care about them. So I'm yeah. glad that you're there. And uh, let's let's go ahead and pray for your sister and for her uh, daughter, because uh, this, this is a lot going on. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for Leslie. I, I pray for her sister, and I pray for her sister's daughter. Just uh, so much grief and hardship in their lives, and so many questions about why these things are happening. Lord, we pray that in the midst of these things, Lord, that you would bring hope, that you'd bring light, and that you would bring, um, not necessarily answers yet, but presence lord your presence that you would be with them and fill them with hope and but i pray that her daughter uh, would know that this is not the way out that this actually doesn't help um lord i pray that truly she would turn to you and find hope in a future or that she would find the strength that she needs to do what is right for her daughter who's sick or for her child who's sick and um and lord that she would um lord that she wouldn't give up so, Lord, I pray for Leslie and that she would have so much wisdom with how to talk to her sister and her niece. Lord, I pray for uh, Leslie's sister as she goes through this, Lord. Give her an incredible amount of faith and strength that she would be able to minister to her daughter. And, Lord, your word says that you give us comfort uh, so that we are able to comfort those who are afflicted. So, Lord, I pray that uh, as we bear your spirit, Lord, we would be able to do that in each other's lives and, and bring comfort uh, where it's needed. So Lord, I pray for Leslie, give her wisdom, give her strength. And, um, and Lord, I pray that really you'd even give her a special word from you, almost a prophetic word, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, uh, a word that is going to speak into this situation that will bring life and, and hope, uh, for her sister and her niece. And I pray that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, pastor. 
Yeah, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, I'll look forward to talking to you. Hopefully we can talk on Sunday and uh, maybe apply some of these things we've talked about. Sounds good. Okay. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to Jovi in Milton, Colorado. Hi there. Welcome to the program. Hi. Did I get your name right or is it Javi? It's Javi. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I'm just reading the That's okay. how it's written out. Okay, Javi, welcome to the program. Uh, I just wanted to actually, I was listening to Russell's story and I was just inspired to share my testimony um, about 10 years in, in my relationship with my wife, um, a lot of uh, different infidelity issues. And um, I don't know that I had checked out, but maybe I hadn't necessarily checked in. Okay. And, uh, you know, I was heavily involved with my church family and was going to church regularly. We had two kids at the time, and it was just one of the hardest things ever. And I just wanted to shed some light towards him to let him know that. If he continues to just stay prayerful, continues to do what God is asking of him, that I truly believe he can be delivered. I know that I have been. I am working on 28 years of marriage now with my same wife, and we've got another son. And we continue to be faithful, but we do it together, and we pray together. And um, I just think that it's something that he needs to hear, because um, a lot of times we, you know, we know that God chooses to do certain things for certain reasons, and like you were saying, sometimes He uses things to make us stronger, and I think that's what He used me for, was to build a relationship stronger with my wife, so that we could both be leaders for our kids. And, uh, you know, forgiveness is huge, mercy is huge, and God's grace is sufficient for all. Javi, let me just ask you, were you guys ever at that point, like where Russell describes himself, where it's like it just seems completely hopeless, it seems like divorce is right there, like there's no other way out? Yes, and I couldn't get any straight answers. I got a lot of lies. Um, She was being prescribed prescriptions that she was abusing, um, tried to commit suicide by taking too many, Um, did not want to turn back from what she had done. I had to present forgiveness to her in many different ways. I had to pray for her in many different ways. Um, I continued to go to church by myself. Um, At times, it was hard. I did start to make friends, and I had a relationship that was starting to be a romantic um, relationship. But, you know, through all of that, the prayers turned out to direct her back to me, and my heart was still open. So it still was something that God was willing to work out with us. Yeah. Wow. Hey, that's awesome. So how long ago did that happen in your marriage? Uh, 28 years. Uh, we were about year 10. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's so almost we, where Russell's at. He said he's at year 9. Wow. Yeah. So praise the Lord. Now you're on the other side of it, able to look back. I, I am, and I, I, I just want him to know that that has forever, I feel, brought me so much closer to God that, um, you know, my wants, my supplications, my needs, I don't hesitate to bring them to Him. Um, and I I just, that faith has just been built up in me so much that I, I all I have to do is just praise Him and give Him thanks, and just, I want to encourage other people as well to just continue that way. Yeah, absolutely. 
That's awesome, man. Praise the Lord. Thanks for sharing your testimony. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. You know, in the meantime, we actually had some text messages come in from another um, well, like texter, not caller, but they were saying, you know, in regard to Russell's, that they wanted to share their testimony, that they were also married to an unbelieving spouse who was committing adultery. They were very close to getting a divorce, but God used that season powerfully um, and was able to um, do a work of restoration. And this person asked that we please share that with Russell. So Russell, if you're listening, but you know what? I don't think this is just for Russell. I think there are other people out there who have um, who have very similar stories. And this person just texted again and said, yeah, wow, Javi and I have almost uh, the, the same testimony. So, hey, praise the Lord. There is hope. And uh, we let me just pray for those marriages that are in crisis right now, just uh, aside from these direct ones. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for these testimonies from Javi and, and from this uh, person who's been texting in. Lord, we thank you that you are a redeeming God. You're a God who does works of restoration. And um, we praise you for that. And so, Lord, we ask that you would do that work in marriages that are in crisis right now. We know that there are people praying and they're saying amen with this right now because their marriage is in crisis. So Lord, we pray that you would do work of restoration for the good of these people and their families. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. And in the meantime, we just got a text from Russell again saying, hey, I want you to know that I'm listening and I heard you and thank you and uh, I will be praying. So awesome. Hey, Russell, thanks for texting back and uh, Good to hear that uh, God is speaking through you guys and to you guys today. Let's go to our next caller, Francine in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Francine. Welcome to the program. Oh, hi. How are you? Doing great. What's up? Um, uh, I wanted to say thank you so much. Well, I have a comment and a question. Okay. Um, the comment is uh, thank you so much for you talk, talking about the trilemma mm-hmm. and um, about how we have choices. And explaining that because a lot of people ask that question, why do bad things happen to good people? Um, and my comment is to add to what you already said, and that is that because this is a world of sin, um, ever since the fall, Adam and Eve, we are surrounded by principalities and powers of evil. So because of that, like you said, we have the choice, and people can choose to murder or whatever, and you know, diseases and pestilence and things like that happen because of the evil uh, that is in the world. And it's not that God is going around killing people or going around giving everybody cancer. God is not doing that. And to blame him is very wrong because he's not doing that. If you want to blame anybody, you know, uh, it's the evil of Satan and and the evil power. So um, that's what's doing the evil in the world uh with the holocaust and things like that god did not do that that was man being evil so i just wanted to kind of add that uh my question is uh what do you think about um well let me ask you a question is unrepentant sin if people who sin sinners uh they don't repent and they die they go to hell am i correct uh, people who have not put their faith in Jesus die, yeah, and they can go to hell, yeah. Okay, so if they did not repent. So my question is, if a person commits suicide, there was a question that came on the, uh, last week on the show, um, and uh, the question is, if a person who was a believer in Christ, I guess, 
Um, that's what the premise was. If they were a believer in Christ and they successfully killed themselves, um, and of course did not repent, then if unrepented sin, uh, right, and, you can't repent you know, if you if you're dead. Is the idea right? Um, and so the question is: a person who commits suicide, would they? Does that mean that they're eternally condemned? Is that that's essentially yeah, that's yeah. Well, let me just speak to the first thing that you said, um, just because I, I know you're calling from Baltimore, so you're here in the show on a one week delay. So your response to the trilemma, that was something that we talked about live last week. Um, oh, and, I apologize. I'm no, sorry. It's okay. I was listening live. No problem. Yeah, you're hearing on a one week delay. But uh, it, that issue of the trilemma is actually one that's applying to our live show right now as well as we're having a lot of questions about suffering and evil and why does God allow those things and I think you're right you know that is part of the equation is that God has allowed us some realm within his sovereignty which I do believe God is sovereign that God has allowed us some realm of choice uh, within his sovereignty and you're right yeah people do evil things and uh, I just read this thing that was saying you know do you desire would you desire a world free from sin and free from murder and free from all of these things well that is promised to us in the gospel and so that's what we have to look forward to and so it you know when you look at suffering some one of the big questions to ask is well if you if you would reject God because of suffering then what are your other options, right? So you can suffer without God, in which case suffering is pointless and you don't even have to ask the question of why does suffering happen because, you know, like I said today, you're either dealing with it um, moralistically or cynically. If you're dealing with it cynically, then you just say, well, you know, bad things happen and there's no rhyme or reason to this universe. There's no good. There's no evil. There's just things happen completely randomly. Um, on the other hand, you know, you look at this, uh, what the Bible says, it says there's a God who, you know, on the one hand, people do things, but there is a degree to which God allows those things to happen. And so God's hand, you know, you could say anything that happens in a sense does pass through the hand of God, even if it's, you know, he's allowing it to happen. And so we do have to deal with this issue still of how does, uh, why is it that God would still allow something evil to happen, even if he isn't the one who, uh, you know, causes it to happen directly. Well, well, can I say something on that? Sure. He allowed Adam and Eve to make their choice. He That's told right. them, well, as he told Adam, do not eat of this tree. And then when Eve was created, he told Eve, God said, don't eat of that tree. So she knew what God said through Adam. So when the serpent came, she knew she was being disobedient. And then Adam, who got the word directly from God himself, knew he was being disobedient, but God allowed both of them to make, to have that freedom of choice, to, to make the choice of being disobedient. And here we are today, um, where we are. Right. So, um, and, but so, you know, even though things pass through his hands, it's not, like you said, it's not about blaming him because you just suffer, just be suffer. But if we give ourselves over to Christ and surrender our lives to him, he gives us peace. Mm. He promises to give us peace. So, by being mad at God, that's not helping your situation. But by surrendering yeah. to Him and and bringing Him into your life, accepting Him, accepting Christ as your Savior, that will bring you peace. And nice. I and I can account for that because my mom passed away, and um, when I prayed to God to give me peace on that, He did, and I'm okay with it. Mm. 
Yeah, and so to answer your other question about suicide, here's what I would tell you. I believe that, you know, Jesus died once, right? And so let's say this. Let's say that, um, you know, your faith is in Jesus and you, you've repented of your sins. And let's say you fall down the stairs and as you're falling down the stairs, you know, you have some sort of evil thought flash through your mind and then you fall on, hit the stairs, break your neck and you're dead. Does that mean you go to hell? I, I really don't believe so because I believe that repentance is a state of the heart, right? It's a state of repentance in which you are not pridefully insisting that God, um, that you are good enough in your own right to be saved, to save yourself, but you are allowing uh, God, where you're coming to God and you're saying, I, I am a sinful person. I sin all the time. I probably sin in ways that I don't even realize I've sinned. And I repent of that. And he has died. Jesus died one time for all sin, right? That's what it says in Hebrews. He died once for all. All of my sins, all of your sins, all the sins that are going to be committed tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And you know, there are a lot of sins that I uh, probably commit that I don't even realize that I commit. I bet, you know, there are so many things. Now, the, the question is, do I need to confess and repent each of those sins individually? If I did, I'll tell you what my prayer time would be completely consumed with that because there's so many things, you know, um, when, I, when I've driven slightly over the speed limit or a lot over the speed limit, or when I've done all these things, if I spent all my time confessing, that would be the extent of my relationship with God, would be me listing my sins and asking for forgiveness rather than me enjoying fellowship with him and building a relationship. And so my, my answer to that is I believe that... Um, I believe it is possible for a person to be so caught up in um, depression and the lies of the enemy that they do something in a moment that is awful and terrible and they take their own life. But I don't think that necessarily. Now, again, I could be totally wrong on this and I'm open to that. I'm open to, you know, when I get to heaven, God will say, hey, that's not how it works at all. Okay. But as far as I understand theology and the Bible and the scriptures and what they're saying, it would be this, that um, I do think that if somebody is a believer, they have repented of their sins, they're covered uh, by the blood of Jesus, and they, are, they have been sealed with the Spirit, that they, um, you know, they, what is done in a moment does not define their eternity, but rather what Jesus did defines their eternity and their faith in that. So... Now, I would, you know, my fear with that is that that could be taken by somebody as, you know, an enabling statement or an excuse for why it's okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I would never want that to happen. But um, I would want to, you know, I first of all, I think that that's proper theology. Secondly, I, I would want it to give um, comfort to those who have had someone um, commit suicide uh, who was a believer and, and who did love Jesus and was caught up in a moment of darkness and lies. So uh, that that's my answer. I hope that uh, makes sense to you. I had one question. You said um, you were talking about confessing every sin. Now, so since you've given your life to Christ, are you saying you've never confessed ever ever, ever since you've completely, completely given yourself to Christ? Since then, I don't know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you've never repented since then? I repent every day. 
I repent oh, okay. Okay. multiple so times a day. So that's what I'm saying. You don't have to list them because, you, like you said, you won't remember them all. So if you just say, hey, Lord, please forgive me for anything and everything, you know, on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah, and I think there are things... It's not about, you know, writing a list and writing right. it down and Correct. counting but I, them out. Right. I do yeah. think there are things where if you're aware of something, then you should absolutely you know, name that thing and say, Lord, forgive me for this thing specifically. It was wrong and I confess. So right. I, I think there's a place for that as well. But I don't right. think that you're going to be, it's not going to be like held against you if you, um, you know, forget to or if you don't or something like that. I, I believe that repentance is more than that. It's a direction. It's a posture. It's a state of the heart. So gotcha. Okay, well, I'm going to get to some of the text messages, but thank you for your call, and God bless you. God bless you. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady. We're in the last five minutes of our show, and uh, let's go over to our text line. We've got a few things. Hey, one of the things I wanted to tell you guys about, this coming Sunday is Father's Day, and I wanted to share with you guys, this is the number one most viewed post on my blog, on my website. It's, it's viewed literally like a thousand times a day all over the world. And, um, and for good reason, because I, I did a little bit of research on this. And let me share with you guys, that information with you guys as we get, come up to Father's Day. Here's what's interesting. According to Lifeway Research Group, Father's Day is the, is the holiday with the single lowest average church attendance. It is statistically lower than Labor Day, Memorial Day, and even the 4th of July. So the days with the highest church attendance are Easter, Christmas, and Mother's Day. And the days with the lowest church attendance are, in this order, number one, Father's Day, number two, Labor Day, then Memorial Day, then the 4th of July in the United States. So let's think about this. Mother's Day is one of the highest attended Sundays of the year, and Father's Day is one of the lowest what does that tell you about our culture and our values? Well, let, here's one of the things. You know, I know that uh, this Sunday, uh, our church meets right on the edge of the city park here in Longmont. And I know that in the city park, they do this big car show and there's all these events on Father's Day. And one of the things they said in this Lifeway poll was they said, you know, the attendance difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day is very telling. Uh, either it's that churches are less effective in affirming fathers or families believe that Christian fathers do not value their participation in worship services as much as mothers do. And, you know, this is something that's really striking. And here's why it's so striking, because the impact of a father's faith um, has, you know, people have tried to calculate, okay, so what is the impact of it when dad has faith in God and not only has faith in God, but prays at home and reads the Bible and attends church? So here was the things. This is from Promise Keepers, Baptist Press, and Lifeway Christian Research. If a father does not go to church, even if the wife does, on average, one child out of every 50 will grow up to become a practicing Christian. On the other hand, if the father does go regularly, regardless of if the mother goes, between two-thirds and three-quarters of children will attend church as adults. If fathers attend irregularly, between half and two-thirds of their kids will attend church with some regularity as adults. Now, if mom doesn't go to church, but dad does, a minimum of two-thirds of children end up attending church on average. That means that dad has a you know, disproportionately large influence over their children's faith. And I just want you to remember that as we come up on Father's Day. Dads, there's some of you listening right now. I want to encourage you. Tell your family, 
guys, for Father's Day, I want to go to church. After that, let's go to the car show and the, the breakfast place. We'll go out for brunch. But let's go to church this Sunday because I'm your dad and I value this. And I want you to grow up to love God and know God as well. Uh, here's, here's another thing. And this is going to blow your mind. They said this. Uh, when, the ch- when a child is the first person in a household to become a Christian, there is a 3.5% probability that everyone else in the household will follow. If the mother is the first to become a Christian, there is a 17% probability that everyone in the household will follow. Now check this out. If the father is the first one to become a Christian, there is a 93% probability that everyone else in the household will follow. What does that mean? That means this, that dad's impact on the faith of the kids and the, the mom in the family, dad's faith and practice of that faith is huge. And it reminds me of what we read about in um, the Old Testament with Moses. You know, Moses was speaking by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And here's what he said to the dads of a new generation. Remember, that's what Deuteronomy is. It's Moses' speech to the new generation before they enter the promised land. And here's what Moses said. He said, these words that I command you today, keep them on your heart and check this out. Teach them diligently to your children. When you sit down in your house, talk about them. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, talk about them. Bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. You know, Jewish people literally do that. They they keep, you know, the word of God on their doorposts. They wear it on their bodies. But more importantly, talk about it with your kids. That's what it's saying. It's saying that to dads of this new generation. So I want to encourage you with that as we come up on Father's Day. If you're in Longmont, we'd love to have you join us at Whitefields Community Church. If you're not, then go to church uh, where you regularly go to church or find a church if you don't have one. And um, let's make this Father's Day a day where uh, we buck those statistics and we show people that, no, fathers value raising their kids in the Lord. You've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. God bless you and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.